Welcome to another installment of the Sports Rap Podcast right here on Heat100Radio.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook Live right now is active. You know the group Sports Rap Podcast. Mm-hmm. Get over there, tune in, go to the group description. You can find the link or you can just watch, hang out with us live while we are on air. So we got quite a few things to get to today, and some of the stuff we may get to, I may have to save some stuff for next week, depending on how things go. But nonetheless, you know how we start out with news, updates, scores from yesterday. Mm -hmm. First thing I want to do in continuation with Women's History Month, okay, today, by chance, is International Women's Day. So shout out to all the women, especially all the black women that are doing their thing in and about our community and all around the world. So to give homage and respect to the ladies for this month, Mm -hmm. for the second week in a row, I'm going to give you some things like I mentioned last week. I'm going to give you some ladies' names, some African-American sisters who are in the sports world, either athletes and or on the business side. Right. So, one today is Taylor Rooks, a prominent reporter on Bleacher Report, mm-hmm. several TV shows, so she's on the journalism side mm-hmm. in that. Longtime sideline reporter Lisa Salters, mm-hmm. um, give respects to her, and another sideline reporter, world-known Pam Oliver, yeah. for today. Those are your three for today. Right. And again, next week we will have some more for you, like we said, in conclusion and celebrating Women's History Month. So, we got some scores for you. Uh, We know March Madness is is vastly approaching. So, I've got some scores. I'm only going to give you the scores of the ranked teams that played yesterday. Uh, Memphis uh, falls to number 9. Houston, 67-64. Number 25, Wisconsin. Falls to number five, Iowa, 77-73. Mm-hmm. Texas Tech, number 18. Falls to number three, Baylor, 88-73. Right. Number two, Michigan, takes a hit and falls to Michigan State, 64-70. Right. Number 15, Texas, defeats TCU, 76-64. In spring training baseball yesterday, the Phillies were blanked by the Yankees for zip. Mm. In the National Hockey League, the Sabres fall to the Islanders 5-2. to two. Mm-hmm. The Lightning outlast the Blackhawks 6-3. The Panthers fall to the Hurricanes 4-2. The Devils outlast the Bruins 1-zip. Mm-hmm. The Capitals defeat the Flyers 3-1. Okay. The Penguins beat the Rangers 5-1. The Predators just get by the Stars 4-3. Right. And the Senators also, in a shootout, get by the Flames 4-3 as well. Okay. So, with that being said, folks, I've got some news and some updates for you. The Washington uh, football team is expected to part ways with Alex Smith. Don't really know what that's about. Uh, After the year they had, I think they played their best football when he was on the field. So, don't really know what's going on with that situation, but there's a crazy situation going on there. So we'll see what happens and where he lands, if he lands anywhere else. Uh, Michigan, again, like I just mentioned to you, had leaped into the number two spot over the over the weekend, and they win the Big Ten title. Uh, 
Got to give shout-outs to Jawan Howard, a member of the original Fab Five. Definitely, definitely doing a great job there in Michigan at his alma mater. Uh, but his coaching pedigree, his tutelage was was great. And it was NBA-styled uh, or whatever you want to call it. But he is very, very astute in that position, hence he's doing such a great job there. Brandon Graham is working on a contract restructure to stay with the Eagles. Right. He stated um, in an article, in a report, that he would love to stay here. Mm -hmm. This is where it all started for him. He's got uh, some nice ties to here. He said he also even went as far as saying that once he retires, he right. wants to do something in this city or in this area because he loves it so much and it was so uh, great to him in his career. Hey, team, how you doing? The right. Eagles restructured Darius Slade's contract to save $9 million on the salary cap. Right. Um, they also proposed an on-size kick alternative rule change again, which I don't think is going to happen, but they're just trying it just because they can. Right. Um, Smith and Vlasov, WBO light heavyweight title, has been rescheduled for April the 10th, which right. will be aired on ESPN. Okay. The NCAA issues Arizona, the University of Arizona, basketball team five level one charges uh violations charges that is we'll talk a little bit about that um later on down the line if we get to it uh as you know it's been all over the internet all weekend besides the fact that they're in some contact tracing joel Embiid had announced that he would donate his all-star game proceeds to two homeless shelters here within the city in this area and to the team um, acknowledging his great effort has honored to match. So there will be 200000 going to these homeless facilities and shelters and things of that nature. Right. March Madness is coming up. Uh, the selection show is next, next Sunday, Sunday 314, March 14th. And the NBA trade deadline is still approaching. So things are still active. We're going to talk a little bit about that involving concern with the Sixers. Right. But the deadline for the NBA... Trade deadline is March the 25th. Right. The cutoff is 3 p.m. Okay. So, with that being said, we are going to jump right in to what's most prominent and what we uh, are most is most at the top of the line. We all know yesterday was the NBA All-Star Game. Yep. I think yep. it was like the 70, 70th All-Star Game, game um, to be had and one of the things that surprised me mm -hmm. initially was before the game even started mm -hmm. was the simple fact that we all heard the news Joel Embiid Ben Simmons did not participate COVID, yeah. in that because they apparently came in contact mm -hmm. with a barber in Atlanta that tested positive for COVID-19. So, in my small discussions with uh, family yesterday and talking about this entire situation, one of the things I brought up was that I understand it was All-Star Weekend. You guys had a chance to get together and look good and whatnot. But here's the thing. You had plenty of time. To, to take care of that. Yeah. Um, you could have done that while you were home, mm -hmm. or you could have just waited 
until you got back. I mean, it was only one day, and everybody had to leave last night. Right. They couldn't stay over if they were playing or whatever. They couldn't stay over. They had to leave out right. last night. So you could have made do without having that shiny, sharp mm. haircut for one day. <laughs> or like I said, you could have had it done right. with someone you were familiar with right. as opposed to going to a whole entire different state. Right. Knowing the situation with COVID, COVID within that state right. and trying to find a barber. And just ironically, when, it, when I talked to people yesterday, they was like, but both of them know. I said, you, you got to understand, and it's somewhat ironic, if you will, right. they're teammates. Mm -hmm. They're there together. So they're going to hang out together. It's like they got a little break from work. They're in the All-Star game. Mm -hmm. It's time for them to let their hair down, so to speak, and relax a little bit. So they're going to hang together more than they would with anyone else. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's a great thing they didn't really hang with anyone else because no one else um, on their team or in that um, brotherhood was um, also quarantined. So, you know, I talked about this from the very beginning last year when we first got put into this pandemic. And people were initially somewhat taking it as a joke and I kept telling you, if it stretches along the lines of where it has stretched to, mm -hmm. from the common folk to what we like to call the rich, the upper echelon, or the superstars, mm -hmm. or the stars, right. it, affects, it affects everybody. And we see how the effect it had on sports last year. We see how it's still having an effect on sports right now. And we definitely see the effects that has happened in general. Right. So... You can't take it for a joke. Um, if you don't know now, then there's something wrong with you. But, again, those guys being, naive. I'm not going to say naive. It, it, like I said, I, I look at it as one of those things, like I mentioned. They were, they had a break from work. And we all know how grueling and tiring the NBA schedule is. So they had a little break from work. They were in Atlanta, mm -hmm. and they figured they came together pretty much from the same place, right. same practices, and they've been around each other. Right. So it's kind of only right that they would hang together, other than the fact that they're teammates and the they're friends mm -hmm. off the court as well. So they're naturally going to be together. Exactly. But again, you can't even really use the word naive uh, well, you could, and being aware of what went on in that state right. throughout the whole time that we've been in this pandemic. But just looking at the uh, both sides of the thing, it's one of those things where, like I mentioned, they were off of work. They went together. They hang out together. Right. So naturally, when they got down there, they're going to be together because they felt more comfortable with being with each other. Right. Okay? But nonetheless... You don't know what was going on exactly. down there. Right. So, and I'm not even 100% sure because the details that have been out put out are very, very slim, right. uh, almost to just the basics. So we don't even know exactly how this whole situation played out. We just got the information that they came in contact with a barber who tested positive, right. and then they were quarantined and ultimately did not participate in yesterday's All-Star game. So... Fortunate, unfortunately, Sixers fans, it's something that 
we're going to have to deal with. Uh, I mean, if you looked at it before the game when you heard the report, you could think that they might have, you might get cheated a little bit. But the way the game played out, I don't think. And B supposed to start, right? I don't think they got cheated out um, in that instance. because the All-Star game was actually pretty good. Oh, it was. It was. Uh, for me, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And, and I say that in a way to say that as a Sixers fan, you looked forward to seeing your guys in with your guys, coaches, coaching in the situation. Right. Right. You know, as a fan, um, as a Sixers fan, it was a moment that you were looking for right. with all that intertwined in it, mm-hmm. and you just didn't get the full effect of that moment. Right. So for me, that was like the one blemish, uh, if you will. Uh, the play of the All-Star game was slightly different yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. There was some defense played a little bit. Um, <laughs> very early, though. There was defense yeah. played very early. Right. In this game. And if I had to make an interpretation or give you my thoughts on why that played out that way, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the reason was because of what they played for. Um, And we're definitely going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to go over uh, what went down yesterday. Mm -hmm. They lumped everything into one day. Uh, The the evening started with the skills competition and the three-point contest. Then you had the All-Star game, then the dunk, slam dunk contest was at the All-Star at halftime. Now, I'm going to start with the all with the halftime uh of the with the dunk contest. It's good, pretty good. I Same, you know, I, I wasn't thoroughly impressed. Michelle, good morning. Um and I haven't been thoroughly impressed with the dunk contest since they brought it back. Yeah. Because of so many changes that have been added to it and the way that they've adjusted it, uh, where these guys are getting three attempts at a dunk, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And that's just my bias from me being brought up on the basketball that I was brought up on and what I saw in dunk contests prior. Right. Uh, I think... With the misses, and it's, it's kind of on the lines of what Shaq was saying. You know, I'm not rewarding you for um, a missed attempt, uh, right. things of that nature that he was saying. But it, it makes it a little bit more difficult to judge right. when you have these guys have these multiple attempts. Mm-hmm. Because, like Kenny Smith was somewhat alluding to, takes away from the luster of the dunk contest Mm -hmm. and you know he was asked at one point you know if he had a plan if he had a routine that he had planned out and you know he also he said he didn't really have a plan but he said if he realized if he reached a certain point in the dunk competition he had dunks prepared for those particular situations if he got there he also went on to say where these guys now get these attempts and they get these opportunities to miss have missed attempts mm-hmm. where they end up changing their game plan mid flow and it takes away from their actual 
activity or their actual possibility of getting the highest ranking score. Right. And I, I agree with that because you try a dunk, and we see it the last few years that they put the dunk contest back. Right. Guys will try a dunk, and they'll miss it, yeah. and then they'll miss, miss it a second time, and then it happened last night. Right. Then they had to just completely change it. Yeah. And then by the time you saw what they were attempting right. and you kind of envisioned what they were attempting, right. when they just give you, as Kenny Smith would say, and I quote, an in-game dunk, mm-hmm. so to speak, as far as being in the dunk contest. It's normal. It, it's like, eh, okay. Uh, I've seen that before. You know, it's like, uh, okay, uh, all right, yeah. You, know. it, you didn't really impress me. I mean, yeah. now, if you did that dunk that you tried and twice right. and missed, right. I would have been impressed. But now right. you just have to make a dunk. To get points, and it's like, right. eh, it's not really a thing. It happened last night. Uh, I forgot the, the young man that had the Afro. I think he won, whatever. They Anthony a, Simon. Well, the one, the, the guy that jumped over his father and other. Yeah, it'll be topping. Yeah, he, um, th- it was a dump. This, he just a normal dump, like you said. He got nine nines for it. Like, really? Yeah, it, it's, like, it's like, crazy. Is, and then the other guy did a dump, and he had, he, they gave him like eight nines and tens. It's really crazy how that thing, how it um, played out this year. Like I said, mm-hmm. the judges, it, it makes it harder on the judges as well. Right. Because, again, like I said, a lot of times or more times than not, right. they have members of dunk contests right. or, or that were arguably uh, good, good dunkers throughout their career, Dominique. have them as judges. Yeah, makes sense. And like you said, now, from mm-hmm. what they were doing, uh-huh. and then you had these guys that missed dunks. Like I said, you get that vision yeah. with the first attempt, and then the second attempt, and then it's like, they missed the, missed it's kind of like what yeah. Shaq alluded to when he's like, I can't give you a, a ten. 10 or a 9 for this dunks. regular dunk. You know, now you had to resort to a regular dunk, so you changed your game plan. You gave game. me, like Kenny Smith again said, uh-huh. a game dunk, yeah. something that you would do in a game, yeah. which is yeah. not really what you're looking for yeah, yeah. in a dunk contest. It's called creativity. So yeah. it's really crazy mm-hmm. um, on how that uh, goes out. The skills con- skills challenge winner was another big uh, Demonis Sabonis of the Indiana Pacers. Steph Curry wins the three-point contest. And like we just mentioned, Anthony Simons wins the slam dunk contest. The final score from yesterday's All-Star game, mm-hmm. Team KD falls to Team LeBron, mm-hmm. 170 to 150. Points, and, you know, it's a lot, a lot of points, mm-hmm. but that's what's expected. In uh, in that kind of uh, all star game, there was also some history made Mm -hmm. yesterday Mm -hmm. uh, for Team LeBron. Chris Paul in 31 minutes bottled up 16 assists, which pushed him in front of Magic Johnson for most assists in an all star game. Uh. And going into the game, I think he only needed. Four, six, oh, four to pass him, maybe five like to that. pass him. <laughs> and he basically blew that out of the water yeah, and ended up with yeah. 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the game, if you didn't pay attention and you were wondering why the second quarter the score went back to zero, it's that hybrid format that they started. Mm-hmm. They're playing each quarter, and each team that wins a quarter mm-hmm. would have money, money donated to a charity. Right. So they started each quarter. Um, the first three 
were three 12-minute quarters, but they all began with a 0-0 score. The fourth quarter comes in, and there's no time limit, but there's a target score generated from the team that it's that's in the lead through the three quarters, plus 24 in honor of Kobe Bryant. Hence, that was the target score of 170. So watching the game, when you heard that, you might have thought, wow, it's going to be a long fourth quarter. Because both of these teams now have to try and get to 170. 170, Didn't turn out that way. Uh, We saw some amazing, deep, super deep three-pointers from arguably right now the best shooter. Three-point shooter in the game, in the, in the NBA, in the history of the NBA, Steph Curry. Yeah. But you also had Dame, Dame Lillard, oh, who crazy. actually won the game yeah. on a half-court three. He's amazing. And it's amazing how the game has changed. Like, we always talk about how the game has changed, and wow. yeah. a lot of people wanted you to shoot the three-pointers now. Exactly. But the magnitude and the distance – that those guys are shooting these shots. And when you watch them, it's not the typical half-court throw. Um, it's a, a legit shot, at least for those two guys, as deep out as they are. Yeah, so it, it's a definite shot for them. There's no gimmick in it. It's just stuff that they are talented enough to be able to accomplish um, on the court. Giannis... Uh, wins the MVP. Um, also, I think setting an NBA record for four consecutive field goals. He was 16 of 16 in 19 minutes for a total of 35 points. And again, he ends up with the MVP. And bottom line, the All-Star game yesterday was a, a great event after... They had talks about not having the event at all. Yeah. Um, barring the small hiccup with our Sixers, Joel Embiid and uh, Ben Simmons, I think everything went smooth. okay. Yeah. I can't say really smooth because, like I said, I still think that they condensed too many things into one day. Mm-hmm. So it went through good, pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, they got through it. And they will say arguably that it was a success for them and I can say that as well it was a success for what they did and confining everything into that one particular day um the bigger issue with this year's all-star game the charities that were being played for uh team LeBron was playing for the Thurgood Marshall Foundation yeah and Team Kevin Durant was playing for the United Negro College Fund. So as it played out, these teams win each quarter. Uh, Team LeBron won every quarter except for the fourth quarter. So that is 450000 just on the game alone mm-hmm. that was donated to the Thurgood Marshall Uh foundation and then because they ended up winning they got another i believe three hundred thousand to go so that's six hundred and fifty thousand um over a half a million donated Mm. okay 
Also, AT&T 5G donated five grand mm-hmm. for every dunk throughout the entire game. They were at That's a lot of money. about, I think, maybe 100000 before that. halftime. Damn. I think even close to the end of the first quarter. So there was a lot of money donated to a great, great cause. Right. Uh, I also have to give shout-outs and kudos to Chris Paul mm-hmm. for his activity in taking classes at Winston-Salem State. And moving and experiencing the things that he did. And if you saw it, he talked about going to Harvard. And there was a business class at Harvard. And he eventually spoke to that professor and got that class moved to North Carolina Mm A&T. Once he found out that that particular type of business class was not offered in HBCUs. Mm -hmm. So it's a great, great effort, great feat by the NBA. Uh, for doing that, and I just hope that it doesn't stop there. I hope it continues, and as long as Chris Paul is in and around um, and the president of the NBA Players Association, mm-hmm. I think some things will continue. Uh, like I said, he started another thing with bringing that class to right. North Carolina A&T, so I think he's going to be very, very instrumental in doing a lot more with HBCUs and mm-hmm. Uh, attempting to involve the NBA as much as he can. So, unfortunately, again, the Sixers were the number one team in the East. They, their coach, uh, coach team Durant, they did not win the game, but it was great to see Philadelphia represented. Um, we would have loved to see the players play as well. But, like I mentioned, uh, that there's something that as a Sixers fan and as Sixers fans, we are definitely uh, going to have to deal with right. in the next coming weeks. Right. So we don't really know the particulars. We do know that the two guys were quarantined yesterday. Mm-hmm. So there, if we just look at the basics and involving this COVID issues, um, you could easily say that they would have to be quarantined for two weeks um, which means that they would miss possibly six games out of the schedule. So being a true fan, being a member of the media, and being real, mm-hmm. our number one seed is going to take a hit. Right. Because the reports are out, and they were out yesterday, that as most of us already knew, right. Blake Griffin is going to sign with the Brooklyn yeah. Nets. He may help them with on the defense or some, but he's lost a lot. Um, again, it's not my type of basketball. It's gotten to the point. Like I said, the game has changed, but I accept and I understand the way it's changed as far as free agency and things of that nature. So guys now at this, at this stage in the career that he's at, are basically going to go looking to win a championship. Yeah. You know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But now we you can them. arguably say that they definitely have a super team. Now, depending on his health, injuries, yeah, you stay healthy. Depends on we'll have a big stake in how much he can honestly give them. Ten points tonight. 
it's hard to say because those guys that are playing with him are younger uh in better shape their running style their scoring style may not suit him as well as he thinks it will he's like 33 i'm not sure how old he is but that style may not suit him because of the injuries i mean he was in la live city when that all started but it's a different type now and he's been injured um he was recently injured and missed time this season already so i don't know how well that fit is going to be um we're just going to have to wait until the season resumes and see how that works out but again as a Sixers fan I, I I accept it right now and I know that our number one standing is going to take a hit I don't see us falling any lower than four if we even get to four because when you think about what's been done on this team and all the trade rumors that we'll talk about in a second, you would think that with the coaching, the Sixers could hold on. Because when you think about just the team in general, the next six games are arguably somewhat favorable for the Sixers. Uh, Their next game is the 11th returning back at Chicago. And they have a back-to-back. They go to the 12th. They're at Washington, who is improving um, right now. Mm -hmm. Then they come back home for four games against the Spurs, the Knicks, the Bucks, which is going to be key, and then the Kings. NBA starts back Wednesday? Yeah. So... It's going to be a challenge, a different challenge than what you expected um, for this hard half of the season. Because in all actuality, you're expecting, you're thinking, all right, you got your two All-Stars, they'll go play an All-Star game, yada, yada, yada. They'll come back. Alexis, thanks for tuning in. They'll come back, and then we'll kind of pick up where we left off, maybe the rest to do them a little bit of good. You know, of course, Doc would have been monitoring his player that was the one was on his team and one was scheduled to be on K on the other team. Right. So the one that he had, I think he had um, he coached KD squad, so he had Joel and B. Right. So I'm sure he would have had his coaching staff monitoring those minutes. He right. probably would have said something to the other side about Ben's minutes, considering where they are right. um, in the standings or whatever. But that's a moot point now because neither one of those guys played. Mm-hmm. And again, depending on what symptoms they have, if they even have any symptoms or even test positive, mm-hmm. with them coming back, being out for two weeks, it's going to take them a little bit to get back into the flow as we know them right. to be in the flow. But again, like I said, looking at this next six game up schedule, mm-hmm. you look at it initially and you think it shouldn't be too bad. Um, you would look at it and you would probably say, The actual toughest game that means the most is the March 17th game against the Bucs. And, I mean, all of these games are mean something, but that's one of the most important, if not the most important game on this six-game stretch because they're chasing the Sixers. And it's going to be tough for them to uh, go through these six games without 
your two stars. You still have to bias, but now you have to figure out what you have already, depending on or barring a trade and what you bring in from that trade, how you maneuver and how you get some wins out of these games. Because you're going to have to win. You you can ill afford at point at this point nobody could ill afford to lose six of these these all six of these games. I don't think they're going to lose all six of these games, yeah. but I'm just hypothetically speaking, that thought process could be in your mind where some of these games that really shouldn't be tough games are going to be tough games now because of what you're missing. Right. And like I said, that's barring what happens in this time frame if there's a trade and what you bring in from the trade. Right. Because this, this schedule goes from March 11th to March 20th. So there could be a trade had in the midst of this. In essence, they still would have five more days to do something afterwards if it's not favorable. The six-game schedule is not favorable for them. Right. So there's a lot to be had in this situation. Mm-hmm. And Sixers fans, like I said, unfortunately, it's where we are. And as fans... We have to bear through it. We have to work with it and bear through it, if you will. Because there's really, as fans, there's really nothing that we can do uh, except maybe get into the building and cheer this team on, especially with four of these six games being at home. And we know how we play at home. And they're going to let fans in, um, I'm sure, and somewhere in this stretch. Michelle Godusky said it's in beating and sent us out for two weeks. They're they're arguably going to be out for two weeks. Yeah, and then I'm calls. He chimed in. He said that. Uh, he said, uh, "Shit, shit, what he said? Uh, yeah, shake, they, they're no, going they to have to step up. Shake, well, Shake has been stepping up anyway, but in this stretch, Shake is probably going to have to be a starter now because of what you're missing from your two stars. So he's arguably, definitely. Going to take one of those spots sure. as a starter. And Maxi Combo. It's going to be it's going to be tough. It's probably going to have to come into matchups. Like I said, it's yeah. a lot that's going to go into this. Let alone right. just the matchups of what you got left right. on the bench right. and on the team. But also, like I said, it's still within that time frame of the trade and the trade deadline. So, like I said, something could be done. In this time frame, or something could not be done in this time frame. Real quick, mm-hmm. shout out to Delaware Blue Coats, okay. my guy Joseph P. Yeah. Richmond, yeah. the ambassador of basketball for your Delaware Blue Coats. Very board. good friend, hey, um, great partner, great all around dude. Right. So, shout outs to you and the guys down there. Shout outs also to Matt Murphy, okay. who's down there in the bubble. Another good guy. Uh, the Blue Coats are. Approaching the postseason down there in the bubble. Okay. They ended up being the number four seed. And they actually played tonight at 8.15 p.m. Against the Austin Spurs, who were the number five speed, number five seed. Right. So, most recent trade rumors involving the Sixers has been talk about Zach Levine. And I've had people... Uh, via social media, like I said, I post all this stuff for all of my listeners and all our followers so they can stay in tune of what's going on. And I've had a few people ask me, how did I feel about that? The difficult part in giving a true 
feeling is we don't know what the cost is. And this is what I kept saying to people as they asked me. Mm -hmm. I said, um, I like the move, but I also would go in and say I like it, but it depends on the cost. Right. Um, at this point right now with what's going on with the Sixers, there are going to be a lot of people who are now going to say, oh, let's jump and do it now. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right. It's no need to get anxious and chomp at the bit and make a trade just because. Because it's not like these two guys are injured and they're not, and they're not going to miss a month. Right. They're going to miss two weeks. That's it. Six games. Yeah. And for where they are right now, mm. it kind of does mean a lot. Because these are your two stars. These are the cornerstones of your organization. Right. So it does mean a lot. But in my opinion, it still doesn't mean I got to push that panic button just yet. Because right. like I said, two weeks, Time they'll be side. back. And the season is going to go until May. So they will have time to make up some of this, mm -hmm. depending on what happens in this six-game stretch. Right. And again, possibly... What's up, Tom? After they return, there could be more help as far as another scorer or scorers added to the mix. Exactly. So they, they will have time to make this up. It's just a matter of getting them through these six games with these two guys missing for these two weeks, for right. these 14 days. But the Zach Levine thing has been brewing. Um, I even mentioned a few weeks back where – the Sixers played the Chicago Bulls, and it was a leaked report that Joel Embiid was talking to Zach Levine in the tunnel and kind of was overheard or allegedly overheard mentioning to Zach, you know, talk to your agent. You know, we can use you here in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Okay. So maybe something is going on. And also people, everything that I've seen involving this rumor is saying that Daryl Moore is looking for a multiple team deal. Right. So it's not going to be just a Zach Levine for this person, this person, this person. Mighty Miles, what's good? My bro, my bro good. glad you are tuned in. So I think something is going to happen. But again, you, you have to keep your eyes open or have a clear, uh, have open thoughts. Yes about it because he's asking for multiple teams so that means the Sixers could arguably get something else um if if I'm not mistaken I do have it here the Sixers have some draft capital um that can be used in any of these trades with other teams or whatever so just running down their draft capital. Yeah, they, have? they have a 2021 first round pick and a second from Houston, which is in the mo the, the closest upcoming draft. Um, in 2022, they have a first. In 23, they have a first, their own second, and another second round pick, which could which would, could end up being the best between the Nets, the uh, Hawks, and the Hornets. All of these are involving from prior trades and prior deals. And in 2024, they have a first, their own second, and a second from Miami. Right. So they have some capital. And there's also been talk 
and I forget who the player was, that they might have been able to get just for a second-round pick. So here's possibilities. Um, other names that are – oh, that was with P.J. Tucker. Yeah. And, and you know, P.J. Tucker is another piece that could be had Houston, right? via two ways. He could either get bought out and picked up off of waivers or they're saying – and what they were saying, yo, ball, just tuned in. What's good, guy? What's going on, ball? Um, they're also saying that he could be had for a second-round pick. And as I just read to you, one, two, three, four, five, five second-round picks that they could take their choice of if they wanted to. Mm. Uh, and there's a lot of chatter and a lot of executives that are speculating that before the end of the trade or by the end of the trade deadline that P.J. Tucker will end up with the Philadelphia 76ers. So we'll see how that happens. And it would be really good because he brings that toughness to you uh, that you will need going into the playoffs. And he can shoot that corner three. Yeah, he plays D. So, you know, um, I think that would be a good addition. Um, other names were uh, Mr. Bellica, the stretch four that people talk about that can shoot the three from the Sacramento Kings. Uh, also, there's also talk of Laurie Markkinen from the Chicago Bulls as well. It's another reason why I'm thinking that all the reports are saying Daryl Morey is trying to get other teams involved uh, to make something happen. And... My guy, like I mentioned, Ersan Ilyasova. Chuck, thanks for tuning in, bro. Ersan Ilyasova, uh, who is not on an NBA roster, who could be had for cheap and can do a lot of things like we mentioned last week mm-hmm. that the Sixers need, or not last week, the week before that when Baldy was here, that can do a lot of things that the Sixers are actually in need of from that stretch four position right now. Right. And then there's George Hill, the veteran point guard, um, that's a little bit cheaper, a little bit younger than Kyle Lowry. And then there's still a possibility of and chatter surrounding Kyle Lowry. Um, mm-hmm. So there are, are some things that could happen that could help. And if it could happen within this six-game stretch, would be great. Mm-hmm. But if not, then that gives us more help after the fact to make up whatever happens right. if there's something that needed to be made up within that six-game stretch. So with that being said, folks, it's you know it's going to be a tough stretch. It's going to be a tough two weeks. Mm-hmm. But with the new coaching staff who understand what they have on the roster, and again, like I said, the relationship between Maury and Doc Rivers, um, I think something is going to happen, and I think it's going to happen in a way that both parties agree on that can really legitimately improve the Sixers team and make them and help them have a push, mm-hmm. a long push uh, for the playoffs. Uh, Baldy chimed in. He says he would take Tuck. He brings the toughness. Like I said, I agree. Yeah. So 12 noon, uh, Monday, March the 8th. We're going to take a quick break. Yeah. When we come back, we got some other stories we're going to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about Shannon Sharp's comments uh, involved around Mike Tomlin. We're going to talk about the overtime program that is coming that is apparently overtime elite pro basketball, which is going to allow high school players Mm -hmm. to earn up to six figures 
to play. And six figures. Wow. So yeah, we're wow. going to talk about that. You are tuned in to Sports Rap Heat One Hundred Radio. We will see you on the other side in just a few minutes. Today is an installment of the Sports Rap Podcast. You can get right back at us. Facebook group, Sports Rap Podcast. You know where it is. You know what to do. Get there. And as you saw or as you heard, I read off comments from people that tuned in. I acknowledge people that are tuned in. Mm -hmm. So you can get that same effect uh, if you tune in and give us some comments. So when I left off going into the break, I mentioned to you that we were going to talk a little bit about the comments uh, made by Shannon Sharp in reference to some other comments made by Mike Tomlin. And it mostly stems around hiring policies and things of of that nature. So one of the things that Shannon Sharp had mentioned was that he was not letting Mike Tomlin off the hook. Uh, One of the things to backtrack what Mike Mike Tomlin says is, that he normally doesn't publicly doesn't talk publicly during the offseason, but this is a critical issue. Um, he made reference to Eric Bieniemy uh, not getting the look or the look that he felt should he have, should have gotten um, as far as for a head coaching top job and within the NFL being a minority. Um, he said Talman also took issue with the fact that former several black coaches. Marv Lewis, for example, and this is the name that he used, haven't been able to land second head coaching jobs. Then during this discussion, he highlighted Eric's, Eric's enemy's inability to secure a head coaching job despite interviewing with six teams. Um, then Shannon Sharp chimes in and he says, and I quote, Mike Tomlin has been a head coach for 14 years. Mm -hmm. Mike Tomlin has not hired a black offensive or black defensive coordinator. End quote. uh, Began Sharp. And then he really got animated and um, accusing Tomlin of, and I quote, doing exactly what you say other teams should not do. End quote. He also goes on to say, Shannon Sharp says, not letting you off the hook with this, Mike. You're in the position to hire black people, and you have not done that. So I'm not letting you throw stones at everyone else. Wow. So, Shots fired, huh? <laughs> we can break that down in a, a lot of different ways, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, just for sakes of debating the, the actual topic, you will, of course, immediately have some people who would chime in and say, well, why is Shannon Sharp defending the NFL and, and things of that nature? And I'm saying this is just where this conversation, where the dialogue could go right. in this whole entire situation. Right. Um, you know, in, in my opinion, everybody's has their side, but I just ask that if you bring it to me and you ask my input, right. Please, please be willing, able, and willing and able to defend your stance is all I say. Because a lot of times I get people that say things to me and then I ask them on the back end, well, what are your facts or what is your support in that whole situation? How do you back this up? How do you 
justify it, if you will, your thoughts, and then they can't give it to me. So that's all I ask in this whole situation. Now, on my and my outlook, Mm -hmm. I see that he has a point. Shannon Sharp? Yeah, Shannon Sharp has a point. And you know, I, I have to tell you folks, when I do this, I give you the opinions that are mine and mine only. Hence, I, when I give you other stuff, I'll tell you who is from. I'll give you the quote, end quote, after the statements and all of that nature like I'm supposed to do as a media member, as a journalist. But, but the majority of the time, I'm giving you my thought process, my opinions. And I never come to you with anything without doing some homework first. So I'm not just sitting here saying, oh, I read these comments that Shannon Sharp said. Oh, yeah, it's right. I've actually went back and done my homework. And the difference here is I have to do all of that work myself because of where I am on this podcast. Shannon Sharp and the big market, you know, major sports or whatever, has people that will do this research for him. And this is no discredit at all. It's just the way the two entities are set up. But for me... To be true to myself and true to who I am and true to what I do, I do my homework. Mm-hmm. And he is pretty much correct. And when he states that Mike Tomlin is in that position and has not hired any blacks. So I get where Shannon Sharp can Point out. go at him, so to speak, and say, I'm not letting you off the hook. Because you say this now because you're on this interview, but what you're saying that they should do is stuff that you have not done your own self. So I I understand where he's going with it. It's basically like what I just said. When you bring it to me, if you're going to have that, show me some proof or back up what you did and what you say. Um. In Shannon Sharp's eyes and from the outside looking in and after me doing my homework, there's a lot of validity to Shannon Sharp's side of the issue. Mm -hmm. Because like I said, I've done my homework and I've seen, looked at coaching staffs and things of that nature. And for one, he's right. He is in the position to make those hires and he hasn't. So basically Shannon Sharp is saying there's, no legit reason for you to downplay what's going on mm-hmm. when you're in that position and you can change that or you can make that happen and you have not done it. So I understand uh, where Shannon's point is. And you have to understand, people, if we can't, as a people, talk to each other and Of course, a lot of times it could be the delivery and how he presented the information, which could have people immediately thinking one way. But once you take a step back, take a deep breath and go through the things and read all the facts and decipher all the facts, you get you get the broader picture. So you you have to take into consideration a lot of what Shannon Sharp is saying and the fact that, again, you're in this position to make change, yeah. but you haven't done it, but yet you're going to knock the NFL, which you are a part of, mm-hmm. for not doing it. 
you know, if that's the case, and, and I think this is kind of like where Shannon Sharp was going, and I'm just giving you my take on where I think he was going. If you feel that way, then you're in that position. Use your position to make the change and have some things happen. Then you won't have to preempt your comments by saying, I don't usually talk in the offseason publicly, but, you know, so th there's probably – going to be a little bit more talk about this i'm not sure um how probably won't be anything from the nfl there may be something if tomlin feels that he wants to sort of uh, for lack of a better phrase get back at uh shannon sharp but what i think needs to be done is like i said about my situations with talking with people and having dialogue with people now the ball is in your court mike tomlin you know, so what are you going to do with it? True. Now you have to not so much justify. Now you have to own up to the truth that was said. And now you have to make a decision, <clears throat> excuse me, whether you want to be part of this change or whether you want to just talk about this change. When talking about this change really is not going to do much. But again, the biggest point I think in Shannon Sharp's whole argument is he's in the position to do something as opposed to saying something, and he has not done it. So that's my take uh, on that whole situation. Um, moving along, I mentioned the Arizona Wildcats basketball team being served five level one violation charges. So, folks, if you do not remember, years, a couple years back, it was a huge story right. with Miss concerning Mr. Dawkins and the Nike issue and the bribery issue where a lot of names came out. A lot of top flight schools came out. Right. Coaches were fired. Um, coaches were federally charged. Some of these coaches will actually end up serving jail time right. because of this whole situation. And it was the basic, F they put it in basically the FBI probe on what goes on in college basketball to pay to play. Right. So they make reference to one of the assistant coaches and the head coach, Sean Miller, the head coach, and Emmanuel Book Richardson and Mark Phelps, who are charged with violating the principles of ethical conduct, mm -hmm. engaging in pre-enrollment, mis academic misconduct, and or providing an, an, an impermissible recruiting inducement. Mm -hmm. When they knowingly arranged for false academic transcript for two men's for two then mas men's basketball process, prospects, uh, student athletes. Okay, um, they also charged Sean Miller, the head coach, for not demonstrated demonstrating that he promoted an atmosphere for compliance and monitored his staff. Mm -hmm. So basically, what they're saying is. Emmanuel Book Richardson, whose name came up in that federal scandal, and Mark Phelps did some things behind the scenes to either assure some athletes to continue play 
as far as their transcripts and things of that nature, which is not allowed. Or they fudge some things to have people come in as new recruits for those two. On the other side, when they charge Sean Miller, they're saying that he failed to demonstrate or monitor his staff. So basically they're saying he knew what was going on, he understood what was going on, and he did nothing to try and sway it or change it or stop it. Okay, um, it also goes, and I quote, Miller failed to demonstrate he promoted compliance by not establishing that compliance was a shared responsibility within the men's basketball program, not setting clear expectations that his coaching staff comply with the NCAA legislation and not require the immediate reporting of actual and potential violations to the compliance staff for an independent inquiry. Okay. These guys um, allegedly came up with fraudulent academic transcripts. Mm -hmm. They took bribes. They facilitated meetings with aspiring agents, which is impermissible inducements and recruiting violations all within an 18-month period. Okay. So they were charged with five level one violations. And... Like I mentioned way back when, and I told you when it was hot, that it was going to die down, but it wasn't going to stop. Oh, yeah. You know, you're dealing with a federal indictment. And it's not like a local indictment. It's a federal indictment. A lot of things going to come up. Uh, so with them being charged with those five uh, violations, five level one violations, if you will, there's going to be more because it, it, it's, it depends. I mean, I think it's going to be more digging and searching on the teams that were initially named in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And Arizona was one of them. USC was one. Yeah. Uh, I forget what the other ones were right offhand, but there are going to be more, it's going to be more digging, and there's going to be more questioning because those coaches that were indicted that may possibly, or not may possibly, that will end up serving some jail time will probably or arguably begin to talk a little bit more to reduce some of the time that they may see. It happens all the time. Okay, so it, they're going to start talking. And there's going to be more digging. So we'll see how that plays out. And like I said, you know how I do. As much as I hear and I get it, I bring it to you. But I also do my homework before I deliver it to you on this platform, um, on this live, on air. Because I wouldn't be true to myself, true true to my craft, if I didn't do my homework prior to bringing this stuff to you. I can't just tell you, sit here and say, oh, well, there were violations given out and this and that and then ended there. Then you're just saying, you know, people would just say, oh, well, yeah, all right, we knew that, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff that we got in the news. But I have to give it to you, and I like to give it to you from a fan's perspective, from a layman's perspective, if you will, Mm -hmm. and not mixed up within the broad stream or the mainstream media. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I can give you a little bit more um, and I can make things a little bit more clearer for you, bit better to understand than getting it from 
the mainstream media. So, we all have heard about the young players who now have the option to go overseas and play, um, starting with LaMelo Ball, who went overseas. His father took him out of high school, took him overseas to play. He's now in the NBA. They also created a program um, around the G League where some of these guys can get out of high school and come and play there, which a lot of players have decided uh, that they will go that route or go overseas and not attend college because they still have that rule where you have to attend a one-year college and then you can be eligible for the draft. So some of these players are looking at it as I played in high school my four years and whatever, I'm a top prospect. Why would I, and this is in some of what my thought process is, is their thought process and in light of what they're doing. Why would I go to college for one year and stay an amateur when I can go overseas and play for pay and then go into the NBA draft the following year or the following two or two years mm-hmm. down the line. But now I can get paid. And, you know, the thing, basic thing is you have to be one year removed from high school. So if I have to be one year removed, then I don't have to go to college now. I can go overseas and I can get paid right. and then come to the NBA and get paid again. Yeah. So there's a lot of players who are arguably um, going to think heavily about that and take that route. But now... As of last week, there's a pro basketball league, Overtime Elite. It's going to launch in September. And they will compensate high school-aged players. Uh, They will launch this league, Overtime Elite, targeting top-ranked players, 16 to 18, who are willing to forfeit their remaining high school eligibility and future college eligibility Mm -hmm. to earn six figures. Wow. So, we're talking a lot of money. Um, It says each player, each OTE player will earn at least $100,000 guaranteed for the season. That's for two years? This is just for one season. One season, okay. Um, The league also plans to compensate players through bonuses, Equity and overtime and revenues from a player's name, image, and likeness. The latter, an NCAA issue that is currently being discussed in Congress. As you remember, I brought that to you, too. There's the NIL bill, which is in discussions to have these college players earn money from their name, their likeness, and their image while they're in college, which is going to be a tough fight. Okay, I would love to see that happen. So... Now, they're kind of pushing the envelope here with Overtime Elite, Mm -hmm. where they're going to allow them to do that initially, right out the gate. They're guaranteed to earn $100,000 for the season. As a 16 to 18-year-old, this is arguably more money than you have seen in your lifetime. So, there are a lot of players that are going to go this route. Um, They're also offering them equity in overtime. So basically they'll have a share in this league depending on how this league progresses or whatever. They will also 
have full health care benefits and they will offer up to 100000 for players who to use toward college tuition in the event a player doesn't go on to play in the NBA or other professional leagues, which I think is going to be a major kicker yeah. in this whole thing yeah. because, like I said, this is a lot of money, uh-huh. um, probably, arguably the most amount of money these kids, kids have ever seen in their lives. Right, okay. And then now they're enticing it, they're increasing it right. by telling you you're going to get 100000 If you make a team in this league, you play in this league, you're going to get 100000 regardless. Yeah. You got health care benefits. Okay, you're going to get equity in the entire business. Then you're going to get a hundred thousand dollars if you decide to go to school or don't get drafted in the NBA or don't go overseas. So they're presenting, like Frank just said, they're presenting the win-win for these sixteen to eighteen-year-olds, and. It goes back to, and it's going to come up in a lot of conversation, mm-hmm. what if I go to school, 16, 17, 18-year-old, prospect, very highly suited, mm-hmm. okay? Let's say I chose to go that route where I got to go to college for one year. Let's say I get hurt. Mm-hmm. Major injury that could potentially shorten or end my career. Then what do I do? You got a backup plan. Most of these kids don't have a backup plan for that situation. Now they do. Now, they do. now it's being presented to them in a way where they almost can't resist. Or screw up. Well, you can still screw it up. Well, you know what I mean? You can like, still screw it up. Because like you layout. can still get hurt. Yeah. Like I said, you're going to have health benefits. Education but it's it. no guarantee that. Because right. Emerson, real quick, Emerson, but the, the problem, to get his Yeah, but the problem becomes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These kids are 16 to 18. They're not Emmett Smith. They're not Emmett Smith. They're they're 16 to 18. So at that point, I could potentially end up with $200,000. In your bank account. And I'm going to go to school with that? No, I'm not going to school with that. I'm going to use some of that, take care of my family, do what I need to do, and I'm going to spend some of that. Then whatever's left, if I decide to go to school, I'll go to school. Then it won't be the same $100,000 unless they put some type of stipulation on it. Yeah, a catch or something. Where if you don't decide to go to college, you don't get that that extra $100,000. But it's nothing saying in here that they will do that, but it'll be yet to be seen. This is going to start in September. Wow. So this, this process... It is basically giving these kids an out, if you will. Um, Especially the ones that knew or had in the front part of their mind that because this is what the rules are, I have to be one year removed from college. Now I don't have to just sit out. I could go to college, but what if I'm not college material as far as with the book wise I could go and play and again if I get hurt in that first year and can't play then my whole dream in that light is potentially up in smoke with this I'm guaranteed to get this hundred thousand dollars like I said which could do wonders for some of these kids and their families is this all over the country then I don't know. It, it probably is all over the country, I gotta, but I gotta dig this up, you know, it, it's that's awesome. amazing that's awesome. 
that this is coming out. And I don't know how I feel about it 100%. Because like I said, I like to look at things and I like to cover every angle. So, in a small way, what they're saying right here and what, what's potentially going to be provided for these kids, I say it's a good thing. But then there's so many other avenues that lead into it where you have people that might be, might be allegedly in this particular kid's corner but for the money. Mm-hmm. Or you may have these managers who want to do certain other things with this kid's money, mm-hmm. for bad investments and things of that nature yeah. and whatnot, Damn. where they see mm-hmm. not that much of mm-hmm. that 100000 right. So there's a lot of ways that this wow. thing could go. Good. And it's it has its good, mm-hmm. and ultimately it has its bad. Yeah. It's a gift and a curse. Yeah. You know? So it's yet to be seen how how this will be uh, played out mm-hmm. um, in the long run. But again, like I said, it, it, it's possible that they could have some success, mm-hmm. and it's possible that they could have money not so much success. Wow. Coming from overtime elite basketball, it, it's a company. Yeah, uh, it's a short form. It was a video content company. Um, and they're launching their own professional league. So apparently they have some backing within themselves and from other people that are willing to do this and help them along this um, trek. So we'll see, you know, what happens. Uh, again, like you said, there are some guys who did it the other way by going to overseas and playing. And then again, you have the NBA's G League's development program, but it will only pay select players with college eligibility anywhere from one hundred and twenty-five to five hundred thousand in a season. Right. But it says select players. Right. The OTE is including all players, mm-hmm. which is another thing that's making it more enticing for these kids. And like you said, 16 to 18 is is a crazy uh, grouping for them to throw this type of money at um, at that at that point in their life. I worked for Phil a job when I was 16. My first job. Listen, they can't. It's way different. Like I said, a hundred thousand dollars is arguably arguably more than these kids have seen in their lifetime. Man, I ain't had that money. You know, so. You know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how how this plays out and, and what happens um, with that. So, wow. closing out today, yeah, we are going to talk a little bit, little Eagles mm-hmm. here um, with the draft approaching mm-hmm. next month. April 25th. Yeah, April 25th. Yeah, last um, Thursday in, uh, April. There, the Eagles are doing some things. Um, to prepare for the draft. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Howie is doing some things with the numbers. Like I mentioned in my news, he saved $9 million on the cap and restructuring Darius Slade's contract. Yeah. He's in the process or in talks of restructuring other contracts. And I said that a few weeks back, that that is where Howie's forte is, mm-hmm. spending or saving the money, crunching those numbers. As far as him picking talent for the team, it's not his forte. 
So I think that he needs to kind of shy away from that and basically stick with the numbers. So I have one, two, three uh, mock drafts um, for the Eagles. Right. And then I have another special thing where they have it six options at, at the sixth pick. You're picking 12, right? There's, there's a lot of chatter and discussion or talk about what are they going to do with that number six pick. Um, I, I've talked to some people. Um, I even talked to somebody yesterday, mm-hmm. and they mentioned that they felt like the Eagles could trade down. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone asked me yesterday as well. My brother-in-law asked me, Marlon asked me what did I think they should do at number six. Um, in my opinion, and this is what I said to him, mm-hmm. at number six, with everything that's needed on the Eagles roster, you take the best available player, player okay. possible. Right. Because you, it's not like you're specifically need just offensive there. line. Mm-hmm. You've got holes everywhere. Yep. So at that point, you take... The best offensive player, period. Or the best player, period. Whether it's offense, defense, whatever. At that point, you take the best player available. I was also asked about the quarterback situation, and I just saw something this morning. Jeffrey Lurie is adamant about the team making it about Jalen Hurts and improving on Jalen Hurts being the Eagles started moving forward. Right. Be. So with that point, mm-hmm. with that being said, you consider looking at free agency as far as bringing in a quarterback. Right. And I say that because basically you can't really have an open competition right now because all you have is Jalen Hurts and Nate Sudfeld. Right. In my opinion, being a rookie, playing starting only four games, Right appearing in only 15 games or whatever, Jalen Hurts would be my go-to. There wouldn't be a competition in training camp. It would be Jalen Hurts, and then ultimately Nate Nate Sudfeld would be your number two, which I don't think Nate Sudfeld is a number two. So you bring in a veteran that can help this young kid along with the intricacies of, being a starting quarterback in the NFL, if that particular backup that you bring in was ever a starting quarterback. There have been some names floating around, Marcus Mariota, Mm -hmm. Tyrod Taylor. And Tyrod Taylor is very interesting to me because he has ties to the newly minted offensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know about Mariota. He's he's young. But then that would arguably – bring shadows of some type of competition because these both guys are both young. Mm -hmm. Although Mariota has a couple years on Hurts and he was a starter, still could arguably do that. You bring in a seasoned veteran, somebody like a Tyrod Taylor, like I said, who's familiar with Shane Steichen. He can help him along the way with the intricacies of the offensive scheme and being a quarterback in the NFL. True a starting quarterback in the NFL right. where they have that experience. Maybe not a lot as a starter, but at some point a starter. Right. But overall, 
someone that has played, put in some time in the NFL as opposed to having Nate Sudfeld as right. your backup. Mm-hmm. So, one draft uh, in round one with the number six pick, the Eagles um, are speculated to take Jamar Chase, which would be a great pick what, what for them. Corner? Wide receiver Why from LSU. Yeah, then we move into round two. You go Landon Dickerson from Alabama on the offensive line. Jabril Cox, a linebacker from LSU on the number three. Second pick in number three, a defensive back, Richie Grant from the University of Central Florida. Five, two picks in round five. Uh, Malik Herring from Georgia, the defensive end. And then there's a cornerback, Ifitu Melifomu from Syracuse. Round six. Des Fitzpatrick, another uh, wide receiver who could be had, who could possibly help you um, in the later rounds. And then at seven, Caleb Huntley from Ball State at the running back position, which I don't think you really need much there. Um, Another mock draft has them taking a quarterback with that number six pick in Justin Fields, quarterback from Ohio State. Uh, The second round, Eric Stokes, a quarterback, cornerback from Georgia. Um... Round three, Amari Rogers, a wide receiver from Clemson. Tyline Wallace, a wide receiver from Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Round five, Caden Stearns, a safety from Texas. And Jalen Moore, offensive tackle from Western Michigan. Round six, Jack Anderson, another offensive lineman from Texas Tech. Or Trey Norwood, or and Trey Norwood, the defensive back from Oklahoma. Yeah. And in the seventh round, John Bates, a tight end from Boise State. The third and final one that I thought was kind of looking like what the Eagles need, um, and this is Kyle Pitts. I've talked about him previously, but I think if he was drafted into the NFL because of his size, I think he would be flanked out to a wide receiver in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So that's Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. Eric Stokes, again, the cornerback from Georgia in round two. Round three. Dylan Moses, a linebacker from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Then J- James Hudson, the offensive tackle from Cincy. Round five, Joshua Bledsoe, safety from Missouri. Um, Marlon Williams, a wide receiver from University of Central Florida. All number, and round six, Trey Hill, an interior offensive lineman from Georgia. Or Cornell Powell, a wide receiver from Clemson. And number seven, Shakur Brown, a cornerback from uh, Michigan State University. These are some of the options that could possibly be had for the Eagles at number six. And this list I liked, so I added it in. Jamar Chase, again, the wide receiver from LSU. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, they say Justin Fields, the quarterback from Ohio State. I don't think they should draft a quarterback there. Michael Parsons, the linebacker from PSU, I've been hearing a lot about him being a possibly tied to the Eagles in some type of way. Again, Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. Devontae Smith, the wide receiver from Alabama, who I don't think will be there at number six. And then one of the picks that I really, really, really like, Patrick Sertain, arguably the best cornerback from Alabama in the entire NFL, which I don't think will be there at number six. So... A lot to see from the Eagles. Um, like I said, they took that hit with the cap um, in the trade for Carson Wentz. Yeah. But Howie is attempting to do some things 
And believe it or not, the money that he is arguably, arguably freeing up would be good for these rookies. But you have to pick these guys that can come in and produce, maybe not immediately, but shortly thereafter. Um, there's also talk about possibly at number six as well, um, the wide receiver Waddle, who was injured from Alabama, who arguably could have been the Heisman Trophy winner if, if not for being injured over Devontae Smith. So we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully this new coaching staff is, excuse me, is getting together and figuring out what they can use mm-hmm. in their system right. or how they can pick a guy and adjust that guy's skill set to fit in their system. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. And as again, as always, I will definitely, as I hear stuff reported to you in every way that I can. Closing out, got some schedules for you for tonight in the NHL. Mm -hmm. You have the Golden Knights are at the Wild. The Coyotes face off against the Avalanche. The Senators are facing the Oilers. The Blues and the Sharks, the Kings and the Ducks, and the Canadians and the Canucks. And... NCAA basketball as we get closer to the tournament and the selection show coming up Sunday. Milwaukee is at Cleveland State. Northern Kentucky is at Oakland. Basketball resumes on Wednesday for the NBA. Again, shout-outs to the Sixers G League affiliate, the Delaware Bluecoats, for making the postseason as a number four seed. They face off once again tonight against the Austin Spurs at 8.15 p.m. You have been tuned in to Sports Rap right here on Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy, D. Your boy you know where to find me, Instagram and Twitter, at Sports Rap underscore D. You can get me in the Facebook group, Sports Rap Podcast, the webpage, sportswrapradio.com. You can also catch us on YouTube, Sports Rap TV where you can get current video and past videos of the show. You can also catch the feed later this week. It will go up on the podcast feed, iHeartRadio, Google, Spreaker, Spotify, and most places where you get your podcast. Frank? You can hit me up on Facebook, as usual. Uh, catch me on IG2418, Franklin2418. Folks, the warm-up is coming. Enjoy the rest of your Monday um, going into the rest of your week. Uh, 40 something today, not too bad. Tomorrow, Wednesday, high 60s. Changes are coming, folks. It's going to get nice. Unfortunately, still not much we can do outside, but we can enjoy the sunshine um, in our own way. Be great on purpose. Tune in next Monday as we have more great sports dialogue for you, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., and all week on social media. Enjoy some music, and tune in, because Heat 100 Radio will keep you rocking way past the time that we're on, way past the other shows, and way past the morning rush. But you got to tune in. And when you tune in, go to the link. The link is in the bio for me on Instagram, and it's in the group description. Click that link. It asks you to register, 
register please register so we know that you're tuned in mm -hmm. and you will be alerted and will not miss anything of any of our shows and nothing nothing will be missed from heat 100 radio again again be great on purpose today enjoy your monday and look forward to a great week